Hello and thanks for downloading this episode of Skin Things with me, Skin. In the past episodes, I've chatted to some of my music heroes, Debbie Harry, Joan Armitrading, Paul Weller. So definitely go back and check out those uh, episodes of the podcast if you haven't yet. Um, But this past series on my own radio show on Absolute Radio, I wanted to focus on some of the up and coming talent, some of the emerging artists that are catching my attention and that I think you need to be aware of too. So without further ado, the first artist I'd like to introduce you to is an artist that I've um, played on my show, I think a good year, a couple of years ago. Her name is Dublonde. She's a producer, a writer, a trans activist, um, an all-round genius artist, plays a bit of mean guitar too. So here she is, enjoy, Dublonde. I'm absolutely delighted, honoured, treasured. All of the wonderful adjectives I can find to describe this lovely person that's um, I'm looking at on my computer. Welcome, Dublon. Thank you. Dublon, finally, to The Skin Show. Thank you for having me. And, you know, the, the first thing that I love about you is your room that I can see. Listeners, if you, she's just got one of those rooms that's just clearly a creative, magical uh, spirit. There's books, there's shelves, there's CDs, there's records. This looks like this is your like creative musical cubbyhole, right? Yeah, well, this is actually, this was my childhood bedroom, but it's also, it's now my mum's study. But we just have collections of, yeah, like National Geographics and like childhood photos and... Aww. Yeah, I, that takes me. I love to this day. I love National Geographic, <sighs> even though now they seem to be doing these really cheesy like reality TV shows. I, I mean, know, but back in the day, yes, you know, yeah. it was all David Attenborough. And it was wonderful, wasn't totally. it? Totally. And you just find the most interesting, bizarre stories about people around the world that you you wouldn't find anywhere else. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But you know, on from that, I mean, I'm just a massive fan of your work and a massive fan of your music. Um, I was going to ask you, I mean, it's a question I'm always interested in, um, in terms of art, because I think it, it, in terms of talking to artists, because I think it becomes the basis of whatever you do afterwards. But what got you picking up a guitar? What was the sparks that you had that got you into music and maybe not into other things? So the in terms of music making, um, there's a shop here in Newcastle called Windows, and it's like a music shop. You get like keyboards and guitars and stuff. And I saw this, uh, it was a Fender Stratocaster in Daphne Blue, and I thought it looked like a Cadillac and there was just something drew me to it and I couldn't play guitar and I had saved up all of my money to buy this thing and I remember loads of like my parents friends were like she should just get a cheap guitar because maybe she won't stick at it and I was like no I must have this one and then it just it cost me so much money I mean like when you're a child I mean even now yeah it cost me so much money I was like guitar's not cheap no and so I was like I I have to learn Um, and I used to write sort of I guess like poetry creative writing that I would never show anyone now Um, and then I just realized that a song was just a poem I just took my poems and I sang them over whatever three guitar chords I knew and I was like oh it's a song do you know, I think there's something valuable in getting your first instrument being a quality one because, I mean, my first instrument was um, a guitar, an acoustic guitar, but two strings didn't work. So I just tried to, like, you know, three strings. Two strings didn't work. Yeah. Two, the other two couldn't tune. Oh, no. So I only had, like, two strings that actually I could do. And so I would just, like, try and work with those oh. two strings. But, of course, it didn't work. I'm, so. Yes, for sure. You know, and I... I 
and I think that whole thing of like having a quality instrument when you start means that straight away you can get beauty out of Definitely. it with just a few weeks work yeah because you know? I didn't I didn't know that you know quality mattered so much but I recently got like a, a custom hand-wired strat I saw it mm. and it's just Gorgeous. yeah and it was just like I I didn't realize that would make a difference and like everything I don't consider myself that good a guitar player, but everything I played on it just sounded amazing. It's kind of like a, a cheat sheet for, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's that, it's that the quality of the sound coupled with how nice I are to play. Yes. Um, I think those are the two things that, I mean, I mean, I, the first really good guitar I got was um, when I signed the first record deal in 1996 on my birthday, 3rd yes. of August. Oh. And I went straight to Denmark Street. Yeah. And I bought myself an acoustic guitar. It's actually a wishbone oh. that someone nicked off me a few years later. Oh, no. That's another story. Hmm. Um, and I remember strumming it and going like oh oh yes and I, I literally wrote three songs in that afternoon yes. because it was so inspirational yeah right? and it's something you want to play and I I definitely have guitars which are they're almost magical and I just sit down and it's like they write the songs themselves yeah yeah exactly and what was the first what were the first records you bought then what were the first records what was the first band you were into well the what was the thing that made you think i want to write a song oh i mean so many different things i was a really big fan of the chili peppers when i was a kid oh my god you make me feel old so old saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know i might i was for me it's like the bass city rollers yeah for you it's like my contemporaries well, the chili peppers well it's because i think that i mean like the music i grew up listening to was more kind of like uh mamas and the poppers and frank zappa and captain beefheart and like yeah. much older stuff but the first band i think where i was like oh i could like i want to do this and i think it was because they did a sort of like a mix of and I think you guys do this as well, but it's like, it's rock, but there's almost like acoustic elements in it. And because yeah. I only really knew, I was basically playing acoustic songs on electric guitar. And I saw that there was like a link between the two. And I was like, this is possibly something that I, I could do. Well, it's, it's that thing of like, if you can play, it's, a, it's an old an old adage, but if you can play something on acoustic, you can play, you can do so many different things with it. Yes. And take it in so many different directions. So Definitely. a lot of our songs are written acoustically. Yeah. Was it Blood, Sex, Sugar, Magic? Was that the album that got no, you into it? No, I'm sure it would. No, I think it was like Californication. It was like the later uh, okay. stuff. The later part, And then I yeah. got into it and then I went backwards. Yeah. But I that's mean. That's my favourite album of theirs. Yes. But I was also. That riff, do, 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 yes. do. I love that. Yeah, um, my oh. first ever CD I bought though was uh, was it called Hit Me Baby One More Time? It was like Britney. the Britney, yeah. And I bought it on CD in Vancouver or like Calgary Aww. or something. And I so I'm like I'm super into pop as well, which is something that I've only started admitting in the past couple of years. <laughs> I mean, don't you think? Like, I always think like you know because we're like queer people you know we're not straight it's yeah. like we're supposed to like artists like us get you know, you're supposed to be making like pop and i think it's so wonderful yeah that you actually picked up a stratocaster guitar yes. and started playing guitar i mean that was that kind of like you know for me in newcastle you must have really been i mean i went to middlesbrough uh, yeah uni. yeah i went to teesside, right. Poly, teesside polytechnic which is now teesside university super close and it's yeah, it's down the road. So I spent a lot of time in Newcastle, yeah. uh, which is where you're from, right? It is, and, yeah. and, you know, it's pop town. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you must have had all kinds of pressures pushing you towards pop music, like super cheesy pop, I especially being queer. Yes, yeah. And I think that it was funny because I remember having, you know, at home, like my parents, like, listened to, like, you know, like Bob Dylan and, like, that, you know, very 70s stuff. 
and I was super into Neil Young and I remember being really into Neil Young at the time that someone was like what's your favorite Spice Girls song and I remember just making up a name because I wanted to look <laughs> like I and also it's like I love the Spice Girls now but I just not at the time and I I missed out that entire period but I also spent the entire time faking that I liked them because I was like nobody <laughs> knows who Neil Young is and uh, I mean I mean my household I was raised in reggae so it yes. was just like pop music I used to watch Top of the Pops religiously I grew yes. up Top of the Pops was my, my invisible friend yes totally and I remember when Top of the Pops ended I was devastated that I would never get to be on Top of the Pops Oh, yeah. I know. No, so I actually did a thing. I actually filmed a thing here in New York, uh, which is the top. I presented it again because um, I think we were on it nine times or something. Yeah. Wow. So it, was actually, it was actually weird because I completely forgot that I presented it back in the day as well. And so like, yeah, so remember when you presented it, do you have any stories from it? I'm like, I did. <laughs> it's such a, I had yeah. no idea. I was going to ask you about COVID. Do you? Do you feel like the enforced isolation? I mean, I think that there's definitely, I think it's changed the nature of what we do, you know, having yes. COVID, having that year of just being in the house. Mm -hmm. Did you find it really numbing or, and did you find some creative aspects of it or was it just really difficult for you, for you artistically the whole time? It was actually much easier for me because I'm like very much a loner anyway. Um, and I had already started making like the album at home and that it was kind of I'd wanted to produce my I mean I produced the last record before homecoming um but it was I didn't feel like it was completely mine like I didn't engineer it um and then so I'd wanted to do the engineering and the production myself for a long time but I was too scared and then with COVID I didn't really have a choice so I was mm. like right you know and if I if it goes wrong and it's a bad record, I can just be like, it was the year of isolation. And But the thing about engineering, I mean, I, I did the same thing. I learned logic and actually yeah. I just finished another more extreme advanced course of logic. Amazing. And I think there's something between like now I'm like, God, everyone made it made it out to be so difficult. It's actually really easy to make music it's now. So easy. it's not like it was back in the day. No, I and had a four track it's something when I started. Cathartic about doing it. Yeah. You had a four track. Yeah. Me too, I, yeah. yeah. And I think um, it's funny, it's it's easier, but also one thing that I've found, which I don't know if you have this experience, is that because you can copy and paste a verse or a chorus and you can save it and go back to it, I find myself half writing songs and then losing them completely, just forgetting about them. Whereas when I had a four track, it really forced me to write the entire song yeah. and get it down. And the in that sense, it was easier because then, you know, I do 12 and I have an album. Whereas now mm. I'm writing the, the new album and like half of them are just random verses and choruses that I have to then try and like stick together. I love that bit. I love that bit. I mean, I, I started on the four track too. Yeah. And it, I found it, the, the good thing about it was that you, it trained me to sing a song from start, like jazz singers, like all yeah. jazz. You start the song, you sing the whole song the whole way through. Mm -hmm. There's not lots, any edits or whatever. Yeah. And I think as a singer, you have to be able to perform a song from start to finish all the way through. And I still record like that now. Yes. Um, 
but um but now now i i mean insert silence is great you know and all that i just learned about all the stuff that you can do where you can just pick up a whole chorus and shift it around yes and she just learned like the last few weeks because the first my first training was just like you know the the professor youtube taught me yes everything I knew. that's what i've and done I, I, yeah and i finally had some professional lessons by it. I'll, I'll give her a name she's really yes cheap. she's amazing do. isabel amazing yeah um but yeah i think it's weird for artists because i think that there's no such thing as a wasted time because for me uh, i guess for you there is that you there's never enough time never enough and time <laughs> engineering just takes a long time so if you have yeah. time to do it it's such a lovely thing to be able to control your music like that right definitely and i feel you know i years and years ago i tried to it was like right after welcome back to milk and i tried to produce an album and i convinced my label to let me do it and I was working with these two engineers and the engineers were obviously like, we're cis men and you don't know what you're doing. So mm. they ended up, you know, I'd be like, I want to try this thing. They'd be like, oh, it's not going to work. And it's a creative idea, not, you know, a technical thing. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not being allowed to produce my own stuff. So to be able to, you know, like experiment on my own. And I find, you know, some people... You know, I, you'll probably have this because you, you're in a band and I imagine you all get in the same room and try stuff out together. I just couldn't do that. I, my, uh, my nerves or my ego or whatever, I, I just couldn't try stuff out. Like I need to be on my own to be like, I'm going to try this weird voice or whatever. <laughs> and that's the bit that I love doing so much and I, I just can only do that alone. Yeah, yeah. I, it's there's good things about being in a, being in a room with a band writing songs. There's also bad things about being in a room with a band writing songs. Yeah, so I, I, it's different for everybody. I mean, and it all works. Yes, that's what I found yeah. in my experience. Yeah, one of the things I think really kind of makes you quite outstanding as an artist is that you've been making music for a very long time since you were 15. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think that a lot of people don't get time to actually do that journey because I think, for instance, it takes 10 years to become a good guitarist. It does. There's yeah. no fast way to no. becoming a good guitarist. And when you, when you have that control over your guitar like you do, then you can put your magical ideas into it. Yeah. I mean, is it a difficult thing to, to do where we're in this climate where your first album has to be all singing, all dancing, whatever. Yes. I mean, what are the biggest challenges you've had in terms of making your music? I mean, yes, you talk about some of the more artistic, mm -hmm. but as you've been making music since for such a long yeah. time, and for me, it's like now you're really, really coming into your own as an artist, and I think it's lovely and a beautiful fruition to mm -hmm. see, but what have been the biggest challenges there? Um, I think the biggest challenges honestly was uh, record labels and having too many people and this is a personal experience I don't think this will be the same for everybody um, but I I have very strong ideas but I'm very easily led by other people's either their suggestions or their criticisms um, and I learned in the past couple of years like either show my music to no one while I'm making it or just a few people that I really mm. trust um, because if someone goes, oh, you know, I don't think this chorus is catchy enough, maybe they don't, but maybe someone else does, and then I, I'll end up hating the song and not knowing what to do with it, and years later I'll be like, the first chorus was absolutely fine, I should have stuck with that. Why did I? Yeah, yeah. that never goes away, that self-doubt. Yeah, and I think that, you know, working with too many people, having record labels and managers who really, you know, stick their oar in on the creative side was just absolutely crippling for me, and... 
I I didn't, you know, with Homecoming, I feel like it's finally the album I wanted to make. And there's certainly like aspects of the other albums that I love, but there's always something like it was the production or, you know, they made me change a chorus or like take a trumpet off. And I listen to those tracks now and I just, I hate it because I, I all I have is the regret that I didn't stick to my guns. Mm. Um, so I think that's definitely the biggest thing. And, you know, when I started making music, I was prolific. And then I signed to record labels and suddenly I had all of these doubts. I had to fight for every idea that I wanted to make happen. Um, and it just started, I just was sad. Um, mm. So now I'm super, super happy and I'm having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, how did, how did you get over that? What were the skills, you need, what were the tools you used to kind of like enforce your... I mean, I guess one of them was just doing it yourself. It was. Right? It was getting to a point where I was so unhappy and I, I didn't enjoy making music and I was so sad. And I, I felt really kind of like violated and like I'd had a lot of my uh, choice taken away from me. And this one thing that, you know throughout any relationship or friendship or trauma in life like I always had music and it was like mm. my longest lasting relationship with something I trusted that I could express mm -hmm. myself with and so I got to the point where I was like I don't even want to do this anymore so I really have nothing to lose you know I wasn't making any money being signed to record labels I couldn't pay my rent uh, so I thought well ugh, I can just you know, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> was the replacement of what it would have been a swear word. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so just kind of, I was like, whatever, I'll just give it a go. And you know, with Homecoming, I was like, maybe no one will listen to this because I'm not signed to a record label, and I'd been gaslit into thinking that you know it would go nowhere because I didn't have a label, and that sort of took away the pressure. Um, and yeah, I love it. I mean, I think there's the, the wonderful thing about the way that music is now is you actually don't need any of that. You know, yes. you can literally put everything out yourself and then that can come along later. Totally. Um, yeah. You know, I think that in some ways, even though it's more difficult for artists, but I think the good thing is, is that it's much more music based. People are just judging it by the music. Definitely. Not by the big push they're getting from a record label. Yeah. This is why I get to America. Yeah. This is why I think that I, I love things like SoundCloud. And even like yeah. MySpace, like I remember like discovering like indie bands on, mm. on MySpace and then going to see them play and they didn't have labels. And I think that it's becoming, I think, you know, 10 years ago when I was, you know, quite far into my career, but like nowhere near now, it was a time where it's like, if you didn't have a record label, it was, you were judged. Yeah. Or yeah, when I started, if you didn't, it was all about getting signed. Yeah. And it's like, and I know people now who have chosen to move away from being with record labels. And then people are like, oh my God, they dropped you. Why did they drop you? And they can't fathom that someone would have actually made the choice to leave a label. It's not mm. that artists are necessarily dropped. And I think that that's, it's changing now and people, it's not, shameful it's yeah. not because you're not good it's just because you want to do well, stuff you know, your way in reality when a label drops you that's the best thing that can happen Absolutely. to you because basically it means that you're not sitting there on the shelf yes. and it means that you have it, it, to, to the listeners it means that you're not recoupable basically all your bills and everything that they pay for you to be an artist mm -hmm. gets wiped clear yeah. and you're clean and free and clear and you can start again yeah so actually um especially having talked to artists that weren't jobs and just sat there on a the label doing nothing with the label doing, putting their money into them. You want to be jobs. Yeah. Um, and now we don't do record deals like that. Now we just yes. do licensing deals. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the, the thing forward. I think that people don't realize about record labels is it's basically a loan. 
that you then mm. owe back and you're not going to make money until they've and they until they get paid back yeah and they can spend hundreds of thousands on things that aren't necessarily on lunch necess- on and a bottle of champagne it drives me crazy <laughs> a bottle of vintage louis Absolutely. the 14th champagne for their dinner yeah, it's, it's like, it's like oh I, I had to fly <laughs> to new york and spend five nights in this like four-star hotel yeah, to see your exactly. show and it's going on your tab and it's going on your tab and then i have to pay for my taxis yes. and my dinners and like yeah no, it's, it's awful those days are over mm-hmm. definitely over I love about you is that you have a vision for the whole artist curve you know which I think is a really important thing to have to be in this business you like you play all the instruments you produce the music you shoot the videos yeah why has this been so important for you and did it come from like a love of it or a necessity or both I think both I think first and foremost a love so before I made music I I made art and stuff um and I've just been I think creation in general has just been my way of expressing myself through my entire life I've always been you know I wanted to be like a fashion designer um I have really bad ADHD so I'm one of those people who's just like I'm gonna knit this week and then it's like I'm gonna take up acrylic painting and then (laughs) and so person of many skills well (laughs) mild skills but I I think I'm I'm not scared to experiment and I love figuring out how things work um but also I'm trans I identify as like a femme trans boy like I love makeup but I don't identify as female at all but because I'm sort of like a a cis passing person I've been treated throughout my life as a woman in music Um, and so it was always like try on this latex bikini and like Mm. you need to like be sexy at shows and it's like I'm not a sexy person I'm a I'm a weird like gremlin (laughs) just me (laughs) yeah exactly and so I think that was really you know I I wanted to make a music video years ago I had really bad acne at the time and I was just like I just want to be sweaty with my acne at a piano and they were like no no like we need you in like a fur coat and like all of the stuff and (sighs) so having the ability to be my gross like nose picking self uh is really freeing for me and so to be able to make the videos and the you know like the the artwork for the next record I just uh, drew a picture of me kind of like farting on a dragon <laughs> I was just like I never would have been allowed Very to Game do. of Thrones exactly. like an alternative Game of Thrones yes it was because I'm Throne of games. I'm obsessed with like like metal covers and like ghouls and cemeteries and oh, all that the stuff. old iron maiden yes and um, but yeah all of these things i just i wouldn't i would have had to fight with my record label and they just wouldn't have let me do it so yeah. now i'm kind of well, going I think, you know it's 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 kind of like this era of of perfection has really changed and i still it shocks me that people don't realize that yeah. people do everything on zoom now and they draw the album covers themselves and all yes. this kind of like going to super expensive art directors and super expensive recording I shows i mean it's just over yeah yes. it's just over it is it, you know um last week uh, my my uh, my other half lady fag played um this artist called awful tune on on the show it's a great and, name and um 
And she literally just, it, she recorded it on GarageBand yes. with her Apple headset phones. And it's just brilliantly, you know, it's, it's about meeting this girl called Sarah in the bathroom that she fancied. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, it sold 150 million streams. That's and, you know, amazing. 145 million streams. And it's just, it's just the vulnerability, naivety, naivety and the authenticity yes. of it is what people are into. Because, yeah. you know, the last 15 years have been reality TV fakeness. Yes. And I think people are hankering for that. And I think that it's that's one of the lovely things about your videos and whatever, the whole um, DIY feel of it oh, is I'm really what it, where it's at. Yeah. And I think that's where you get the... Get, you, you, I get this real clear vision of who you are as an artist because you do all of these different things. That's so nice um, to hear. I've, I've been trying to do that <laughs> for so long, so thank you. <laughs> well, that's why it works. I do, I really, really truly believe that's why it works and I think that's what people are holding on to is that level of authenticity yeah. that, that they can see mm -hmm. and feel it and that you can't fake that, mm -hmm. you know. You can pretend, but you can't fake that. Um, just really strikes me uh, there's a lot more I mean you mentioned it there's more strings to your verb I mean I watched an interview that you made a while back I think 2018 uh -huh. where you say you were like creating a video game how's that going oh <laughs> yes it's it's going okay I well so since the the pandemic I've been in Newcastle but so I was making this video game on my 2014 laptop and it kept crashing and I was like, this software is terrible. And I realized it was actually my uh, my computer. The CPU, you're killing the CPU. <laughs> exactly. So I built a PC, which is something that I never, th what? I never thought that I'd be able to do. I did it from YouTube. Um, wow. And it's That's just impressive. this like super powerful computer. And yeah, it's like a 3D video game where I'm like a naked cowboy and you can like fly around all of these different like CGI islands and they've all got like my different albums on. Um, wow and what's it what's it called it's what's called, it called it's called garden boy for now but we i don't know what it's going to end up being called but it's like it's wow. a very like gardeny game because the other aspect was like there's loads of um forest and just like bird sounds and i was like uh, being in london i couldn't get out to the countryside so i would end up just playing this game while i was building it and being like i'm so relaxed kind of like asmr yeah. um so yeah, hopefully, hopefully that'll get done at some That's point. It. But lyrically, the album is brilliant. What I love about it is you've got this like twisted darkness <laughs> to it. You know, like Defo, like the way that it's there's this kind of intuitive way that you describe things that are happening in your life. Um, you know, but at the same time, what's excellent is you remember to put the big fat melodic chorus in there, what with the edge and with the grain and with the dirt. Like I think um, all all the way. All uh, right, pull the ring. That's one of my two of my favorite ones. All the way, I mean, yeah. has it? Has it? Is is that just the fruition of, you know, fifteen years of being in the industry, or is it something you're just? It's all come to you now in this album that you worked out how to do choruses within your style, within your framework. I think it's like a mix of both. I've always been a chorus person because of like again, like mamas and the papas. Like I always use them as like mm. a, a reference. Um, and I, I really love kind of, you know, I guess what pop would have been in like the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Like I love big choruses. I love rock and I, you know, I love kind of like operatic stuff. Um, mm. But I think one thing that I learned is 
as if you listen to my albums in order, they get simpler and simpler. And I was listening yeah. to ACDC one time and I was like, why can't I write a song like ACDC? And I was like, it's, it's three chords. <laughs> and and like, I can. Yeah, but I was using like 14, you know, different chords and like loads of different tempo changes when I started. And now I'm just like one thing, simple as possible. I'll write a song, I'll build it all up and then I'll take almost everything out. Yeah. So that's yeah. I mean it's it's interesting because I think I love uh, some of the chord changes where you just change the vibe and then you just go into a big fat chorus and it's it's a great but you know I think it's it's lovely how you found how to do that without taking you know there's nothing cheesy going on at all do you think you know? this is my great yeah. every time i, mean, I write something hard... i think it's going to be cheesy <laughs> that well that's a juxtaposition isn't it yeah. it's like the, the age-old question you know it's like how can we all be arcade fire how can we all be nirvana how can yeah. we do cool stuff but not make it this cheesy yeah. but make it put choruses in and i think that you, you you've successfully done that quite a few thank songs thank you and then, but you know, it just doesn't have to be like that with every song, though, because yeah. it's an album, right? Yeah. So song songs are it's more obvious, and song songs are more meandering and poetic. Yeah. Because that's also where your heart lies. Right? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like people. So when I was growing up, I was like, it, it was you know, MP3s were a new thing, and like suddenly everyone had shuffle, and I was like, but you're not getting the whole experience, and it was really sad to me. I was like, you know, the album format. I hate shuffle. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, it's you know, it's dying the way that people listen to it, but I feel like it's very much coming back that people you know get excited for an album and they listen to it start to finish yeah there was a moment there about five years ago where i thought god are people ever going to start listening to albums like new albums yeah. again because it was so kind of like so much pressure on the first three songs of, yeah. of anything you do mm -hmm. but i think that especially with rock music it is a story and it is meandering and it is 30 40 minutes you know yeah. longer of of, of a, a whole body of work right yes. that you're trying to put across definitely and i think as well one thing i find really interesting is like generation after generation there's always someone being like rock music is dead like guitar music's dead and i just yeah. think it's the one genre that's like never ever gonna die like it'll go underground yeah. and it'll come back out but you're always gonna have guitar and rock fans like always I mean I I think that the, the the issue is because guitar is five you've got five chords five you know six strings yeah you know how many chords you know and there are different inflections of it but it's quite a simplistic instrument not yeah. like the piano and so it always has to be reinvented and I think what happens every 10 years is new technology comes along yeah that enables you to kind of reinvent what the guitar does and how it sounds yeah. and all that kind of stuff and it's not supposed to be up there being the big pop thing. It's yeah. supposed to be underground. You yes. know, it's not pop music. Mm -hmm. It's edge, it's dirty, it's dark, it's nasty. It's not yeah. always supposed to be like big sing-along, hooky song. So yeah. I don't mind when, I mean, right now, you know, indie music and all the kids, you know, when Willow Smith does a rock album, you know, that, you know, this is what the kids are into, right? It's exactly. Not, it's, it's having not a so moment. underground anymore. No, but I yeah, love that. Machine Gun Kelly and the other guy producing everybody's albums, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. But listen, I know I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I was going to ask you what what are you what are you up to next? What are your plans for the? I know you're playing this Gun Kelly, which is great. I am. I'm so happy, excited. Happy to have you pop in for a gig. That would be great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have some shows coming up, kind of like sort of one-off festivaly type shows. Um, yes. But my, my main thing is just finishing the next album, hopefully going to be mixing in March. And uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing every day on my laptop. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is fun. Well, good for you. 
Thank Good you. for you. And um, it's you're an absolute delight to talk to. Um, and this Thank interviewing you, you was, um, was something I wanted to do since I've heard your music a while. Oh. Gosh, a couple of years ago now, I think I played the first, was it? Yeah. It was during COVID, I think. It was, yeah. Two. I think it was, um, I can't help you there with the farting suffragettes. <laughs> That's right. Just such a good name. Such a good name. <laughs> such a good name. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, enjoy enjoy the rest of your time in your little cub in your cubby hole. Yes, and thank you. Um, so thank much. you for coming on the show. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Have a beautiful rest of your week. You too. It's to Blonde. Make sure to check them out. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and leave a nice review. Nice review wherever you get your podcast. And you can get in touch with me. You can tweet me at Skin Skinny. I'd love to hear from you. See you next time on Skin Tings. Then I'll be joined by another one of my favorite artists of the moment. See you then.